The Hafez Haim points out an amazing uh, truth in our lives that we learn from the story of the evolving story of Yosef and his brothers. You know, when Yosef decides to come forward to his brothers and share with them the dream that he has, his brothers, they can't stand him. They say to him, what is this dream that you've had? Eleven stars, you know, and everyone's bowing to you. Eleven bundles of wheat. They're so angry, they're so upset. They decide, we need to put a stop to this. What do they do? They take him out to the pit. Then they have these feelings of guilt, these feelings that maybe we did the wrong thing. Then they sell him down, and he gets sold down to Egypt. Who does he become a slave to? He becomes a slave to the Tsar, to, to Potiphar. After he becomes a slave to Potiphar, what happens? The people in the jail. After that, they each have dreams. He goes and he, he, he deciphers them. After that, there's a family, there's a, there's, Paro has a dream. They don't know who to do. They call Yosef. Yosef becomes the guy, uh, you know, and, and he explains to them exactly what's going to happen. And he goes and rises the Gedulah. Says the Hafez Haim, let's rewind now that we know the end of that story. Rewind now back to the beginning of the story. The brothers have a problem. What's the brothers' problem? They think that this guy, Yosef, is egocentric. They think that he's got what's called narcissistic personality disorder. Everything is about him. We need to get rid of this guy. We need to shut him down. We need to turn off his dreams. Every single thing that happens to Yosef in the story is leading to one place and one place only. It's leading to the throne and it's leading to the fulfillment of, of his dreams. And each time people think they're taking him further away from his dream, what are they actually doing? They're helping the dream come true. Potiphar, when he throws him in the pit, could not have imagined that throwing Yosef in the pit was going to result in him becoming his boss. Do you understand that? That the brothers, they think that they're reducing his power over them. And what do they wind up being the direct cause of? The fact that the dream that they tried to stop from happening, they made it happen with their own hands. Says the Hafez Haim, that this is the nature of the way God interacts with and controls the world that we live in. In fact, in the Halal, we say a very interesting pasuk. And we read it literally and we see one interpretation. I thank you, God, for you have answered my prayers. And you have been for me a salvation. But the word, anitani, without uh, the nikudot leading you in that way, which is the, the reason why the books are written, the Sefer Torah is written without nikudot, one of the reasons is to remind us that we are able to read the Pesukim in the way the Misorah with the nikudot that we're taught how to read it, but also... In other ways as well. Like we said today, Al ela What do you mean don't read banaich ela It says in the Sidur Banaich, what do you want from my life? The answer is if you remove the Nikudot and you put a holem instead of a kamatz, what do you have there? You have the word bonaich. And if it was given in that way, we're able to read it and understand lessons with both interpretations of the word. I thank you, God, Ki could also be Ki because you have tortured me, you have pained me, you have brought me tsarot. Why? Because that tsara, that challenge, that difficulty, and that itself 
was for me as an act of salvation. A person thinks that their boss has it in for them, and they don't understand what's going on in their life. They think, what does God want from me? I went to Shahari. Not only did I go to Shahari, I went to the early minyan. I get to work. The guy, my boss, is hassling me. Now he's asking me to do this report. You know, it's going to take me an extra three, four, seven hours. I'm not going to be able to meet my sales quotas. Meanwhile, what happens? The guy is railing against God, asking him why he's being so mean to him. And what happens? The report that he does is so good that the boss's boss recognizes that there's someone here that actually has a grip of the situation that's better than his own boss. What happened with this uh, guy called Potiphar, who's in charge of all these wonderful things for Pharaoh? He throws him in the pit, and what happens? It becomes his boss. Literally, that's exactly what happens. You think about Potiphar as well. She's embarrassed from this guy. She doesn't want anyone to know that she was trying to get him to, be, to seduce him to be with her. She figures, you know what, I'll throw him in the prison. My deed, no one will ever know because no one will ever remember or see this guy called Yosef ever again. Meanwhile, her at her behest, what winds up happening? He becomes the most famous person in Egypt. So she's trying to avoid taking responsibility for her mistake. She wants to eliminate the problem. What does she do? She makes him the most famous person, not only in Egypt, but in all the lands because everyone has to come down to him to ask for food. What an unbelievable thing. Rabotai, there's a very wonderful concept that says that with the stick, that with the, uh, the stick that God uses sometimes to hit us, to guide us, sometimes what winds up happening is bo hu marpe. We find that Esther, Esther is taken to the palace. And what is she thinking to herself? What am I have to be here, a wife for this rasha? It's ridiculous. How could such a thing happen? And I'm sure she attributed it to part of the troubles that the Jewish people were having. Look, not only are we having this problem, we also have this problem. But winds up that story exactly. Esther being in that situation winds up doing what? She becomes the salvation of the Jewish people. I think that idea is what we mean in the Halal, where we follow up the Pasuk of Odechaki Anitani. We have this Pasuk that is said by, uh, by, um, uh, by Esther. Sometimes I need to remember that in praising God, I decide, Eli you have all of the strength. I will get to elevate you if I can praise you earlier. If I can understand that what you're doing is for me, then I will get to be able to sing the praise at the end of the story. Rabotai, one of the greatest challenges I'm going to issue you now. It's an idea that my rabbi used to talk about all the time. He talked about drinking a l'chaim to your problems. One more time. Could you imagine this? Could you imagine toasting your problems? Instead of praying the problem goes away, ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he should reveal in your life why you're having this problem. Don't tell him to take it away because he had a reason for giving it to you. And then if he took it away, maybe you actually didn't wind up with it, could you imagine someone, I give the example all the time. You have a dip. He has, a, he has to swim the English Channel, okay? If he swims the English Channel, he's going to make a million dollars. The first guy swims 10 feet, the water's freezing, he's tired, he comes back. Second guy swims 20 feet, he gets tired, he walks back. What does the dip do? The dip swims halfway, and he gets tired and cold, and he swims back. <laughs> Muppet! You're halfway there. 
it's just as far to go to the other side as it is to go back. So sometimes when we're praying to God to take away our challenges, what are we doing? We already experienced half of it already. So pray to God to see you through it, and then that you should get the benefit of why He gave it to you in the first place. Take a toast to your challenges and say to God, allow me to see why it is that I'm experiencing this. And then Be'ezrat Hashem, not only will we have achieved um, will we have achieved this amazing act of emunah, but we will also be zocheh to be able to see our dreams, our dreams coming true uh, as well. <clears throat> I think there's an interesting line. The pasuk says with Yaakov, when he hears the dreams, he asks a question. And I think this is important. He says, You're telling me that everyone's going to come bow down to you, Am I and your mother going to come down to bow to you in Egypt? You're dreaming of the stars, but also of the sun and the moon. They're all bowing to you. So you're dreaming clearly about me, all the children, and your mother bowing to you. His mother's not alive. Yaakov is almost pointing out to Yosef the problem with his dream. But yet, what does it say after Yaakov asks the question? Ve'aviv... And his father held on to the thing. He understood that this was something that was going to come to fruition. Don't forget about it. And I think that there's a very interesting nature to this duality. Number one, it's not my job to just be okay with no questions. I'm allowed to ask a question. Yaakov, in asking a question, so long as your intent is vishamarata davar, that question is not a challenge, it's a method for clarification. Yaakov is saying, how is this dream going to come true? Not, it's not true. Have vonavo, if your dream, then it has this, this challenge. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to solve that issue? The avishamarata davar. I think also, when things come to us that are not going in our way, sometimes people, their emunah is not strong enough to be able for them to just be mute. We have one person in the Torah that I'm aware of that is able to just take everything mute. Aaron. Who's that? Vayidom Aaron. And Aaron is silent. Doesn't say one word, he accepts everything. But that's Aaron, whose midah, his ability was to be completely tamim. For everybody else, I think when someone eff- effectively tries to take that path, most of the time the emunah is not strong enough and they suffer a setback. They get angry at Hakadosh Baruch Hu, They lose it. They, you know, they it's they become bitter. They their level of connection with God drops. Their level of religiousness drops. I think sometimes a person needs to be able to have the freedom to say to God, "I don't understand. How's this working out? How is this going to get me to where I'm supposed to get to?" It's like David Amelech. David Amelech says, "Ma bedami el shahat." What do you want? far. If I die. Can I sing your praises as dirt? Will I be able to speak your truths to the Jewish people if I'm, if I'm dead? What do you want? What is, what's your plan for me? But David's questions are not questions where he's challenging God's authority, where he's challenging and rejecting. In fact, what David is asking is, help me see. What is this supposed to be doing for me? Where is this bringing me? Why am I in this situation? And when a person asks with the intention, then ultimately they is to be able to see 
their greatest and most fantastic dreams come to fruition.